Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Coming out of uh, the state of Indiana, I don't really know where we're coming out of. We don't have an office, Sam. So um, we'll just say we're coming out of Indiana. Sam, how's your week been? How is the first week of online classes? Obviously, uh, if you don't know already, haven't been listening very long. Sam and I, students at Ball State in Muncie, we went to online after Thanksgiving and on online there until after. Uh, the first of the year, Sam, uh, how has the online uh, classes been going for you? I mean, same old, same old, just keeps it rolling. Just been getting some work done, which is nice at my own pace. I, I've honestly been in, I've honestly been enjoying it. Yeah, I do like the opportunities to work ahead in the uh, online uh, structure format. But uh, I'd rather be in person. But uh, what can you do? It is 2020 after all. So uh, we're going to dive into the episode. We're going to. Talk a few things that 2020 has affected with game cancellations and whatnot today. We'll get to our locks of the week. Sam and I were still knotted up at 13 and 11 on the season. Both of us are. So we'll uh, see if we can't break that this weekend. Uh, a lot of uh, big NFL games this weekend uh, with NFL playoff implications, Titans, Browns, um, Patriots, Chargers. Uh, Chiefs need a win to, to stay alive for the uh, – or to keep staying alive for the number one seed in the AFC, Bills 49ers. So a lot of games this weekend in the NFL that we'll get to. We'll start in the college – on the college side of things, as we do always, Sam, um, with, with a lot of big college games this weekend. We'll start with IU like we do pretty much every week. The 12th-ranked team in the nation um, – taking on the 16th-ranked team in the nation, Wisconsin. IU, obviously, will be without Michael Penning, he got hurt last game. What are your expectations uh, coming in, or what are your thoughts on this game as the Hoosiers travel up to take on the Badgers? I think Wisconsin has a clear edge just for the fact that Jack, T- Jack Tuttle will be our shining quarterback. And that's not to say I don't think he'll do a terrible job, but obviously I don't think he's up to Michael Penix caliber. Otherwise, they would be starting him over him. But at the same time, I think he's ready for the moment. We saw him in limited action last week after Michael Penix went down. I didn't think he did a terrible job at all. Hopefully we can get the run game established um, so we don't have to depend on him as much because as we've seen with this offense, it was heavily um, heavily dependent on Michael Penix's performances. So I think the key to IU is just, as I said it in the Ohio State game, is just possession, 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 and keeping um, – the keeping a higher uh, possession than Wisconsin this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Wisconsin's going to be a tough task. I think, you know, obviously with Michael Penix being out, it's it's going to hurt them a little bit. But but honestly, I don't think it changes the offense that much. Jack Tuttle comes in. He comes in at the Maryland game, goes 5-5 five five for 31 yards. Um, they did do a lot of running there at the end. They had the lead. I don't think a lot of the offensive play calling changes when you throw Jack Tuttle in there. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's going to be just fine in Penix's um, in, in Penix's place this week. So I'm excited to watch Jack Tuttle. I think he has something to prove for himself, and I think IU will be just fine. I think they do beat Wisconsin. They need it. I think you know Tom Allen has had this team so focused, so locked in this year. I think that it would be silly for me to sit here and say that IU uh, would not beat Wisconsin. And let's be honest, IU also needs it because let's be honest, up until this point, they haven't beaten anybody worth 
any really anything. They beat Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, their big time opponent, Ohio State, they obviously lost to. So if if you want to just kind of quiet everybody, you've got to get the job done against Wisconsin. You gotta get the job done against Purdue and finish the season out with only your only loss being Ohio State. And I think that's a solid season. It doesn't look like since since Ohio State will be playing unless they get canceled either Michigan State or Michigan, that they will be appearing in the Big Ten Championship game. So I think you really need this Wisconsin win as your uh, big-time win. You do, um, because Northwestern uh, is not playing this week. Uh, So uh, you really – I mean, uh, Ohio State still scheduled to play Michigan State this week. It looks like they will play. Now, it could get interesting next week because Michigan – had to call their game off with Maryland after a few positives in that uh, locker room. So if Michigan – how how pissed off would Ohio State fans be at Michigan? They're, I mean, they're already pissed off at him because of the, the rivalry. But if you if Michigan would, would have to cancel that game and that would essentially eliminate Ohio State from the Big Ten championship game, how crazy would that be? I think uh, – I think we need to see a Ryan Day, John Harbaugh on uh, WWE uh, the following week to to kind of maybe decide that battle. <laughs> I I will say though, Grant, I don't know if you saw Wisconsin's athletic director says Big Ten could potentially vote to change the rules. So I, I think even if Michigan were to cancel, I think there would still be some finagling going on, and they would allow Ohio State into the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point that you bring up. I did read that yesterday, and uh, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You, you sat down. The presidents voted on these rules that everyone agreed, yes, this is how it's going to go. If we get five games canceled or four games – we are not going to make the Big Ten championship game. That's fine. Those are the rules. This is a crazy year. That's how it's going to do. And now you're going to change those rules just so you can get Ohio State in. Are you kidding me? I, if Ohio State, if if Ohio State was in clear control, they were going to the Big Ten championship game. And let's say IU has had three postponements, they wouldn't be changing the rules at this point. There's no way. It is ridiculous yep. that they want to change these rules. I, I think that. You, you, you said it, you made these rules stick to the rules. You don't change the rules halfway through. The NFL is not going to come in week 13 and change the rules and say, well, now we're going to let nine teams into the playoffs because we've had uh, a couple of game adjustments. No, that's not how it works. Ohio State had games canceled, and yes, some of them weren't their fault, and that's unfortunate, but those are the rules. At, but Grant, at the end of the day, college football playoff. Ohio State has college football playoff aspirations, and let's be honest: if they win, if they win their next two plus the Big Ten championship game, they would be in essentially. So, whether or not you agree with it, the Big Ten is seeing the money that that they're potentially going to make and be like, "Yeah, this is the smarter business decision." Whether we agree with it or not, it's at the end of the day, the college football or the Big Ten. Um, athletic directors are seeing the college football playoff chances that Ohio State has and like, yeah, we're going to let them in because college football playoff means a lot more. Okay, yeah, but they don't have to win the Big Ten championship game to get into the college football playoff. There's no minimum games required for the college football playoff. The committee can look at Ohio State, whether they play four or or six games, and say, you know what, this is a a good team. Um, 
and we're going to let them in over the big two champion. And that would be perfectly fine by me because that's the committee's decision. It's a subjective decision. But, but I don't think I don't the think they would through. though. That that's the Why issue not? because because you're not going to let a team who's played five games. That's that the the whole reason Notre Dame hasn't got in or a lot of these Notre Dame. The the question is for the for uh, like the past like five years is because they don't play in a conference championship game and that hinders them. So are you really gonna not apply the same standards to Ohio State and they've had and they've played a lot less games, a lot less uh, good opponents than Notre Dame has in the past to not to let them in. But who's to say that, you know, so let's just say, for instance, Michigan and Ohio State gets canceled. Ohio yeah. State is deemed ineligible for yeah. the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, and let's say, you know, Clemson destroys Notre Dame uh, and then Alabama wins this SEC. So you could essentially go Alabama, uh, Clemson, Ohio State in the Big Ten champion. You could essentially do that. I'm not saying they will, but the committee doesn't – I mean, you don't have to rely on this conference championship game as a determined. I mean, if IU gets into the Big Ten championship game because Ohio State was not eligible and Andy, and they say and they let Indiana into the college football playoff, I mean, why would the Big Ten be upset over that? They still got a team in, and they're still going to make some money from it. They, they, but India, I don't think has a shot when you, when you have a, uh, t the, the committee ma made their, uh, like decision clear when they put a two loss big 12 team in front of Indiana. Like, let's be frank, a win against Wisconsin, a win against, um, Purdue and a win against Northwestern, I don't think would get you in over a Cincinnati, Florida, Texas A&M. Unfortunately, the case is, I think Ohio State had, would have even a better shot at five wins than Indiana does at a, um, what would that be, eight wins? Yeah, I just, I, I like Indiana's resume. You, you only lose to Ohio State by seven. I don't think, you know, these scenarios are, are absolutely crazy on what could happen. And, I, you know, time will tell. But I, I think, you know, if Ohio State's team ineligible now, that, that was proposed to change the rules of the Big Ten. That still has to be voted on and approved by the 14 league presidents. And I don't think you could get a majority to let Ohio State in. Michigan's voting no. Michigan State's probably voting no. Indiana's definitely voting no. So, I mean, you'd have to have, you'd have, to have eight league presidents on Ohio State's side. Can you get that? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It will be, yeah. I will tell. It's exciting. I, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be excited to see how all of these scenarios play out because there's just so many of them. Purdue takes on Nebraska this weekend. They need a win. I'll tell you what, Sam. Purdue, they've stubbed their toe a few times this season, but as the season goes on, I feel like they are improving. Two and three on the season, not the best, but they are very young. They've lost three straight, which that kind of sucks, but. They could rebound this weekend. I think Purdue's getting better. They're a very young team. 
Yeah, no doubt. They've got some of the best uh, playmakers out there. We we know Rondell Moore, not to mention David Bell, who's looked phenomenal. Purdue's definitely a young team trying to find their groove. We saw them early on just um, just surprise a bunch of you with Iowa and Illinois, and then kind of just fell off a little bit after that cancellation with loss of Northwestern, Minnesota, and Rutgers. But, yeah, I think Purdue's definitely a team that's just finding their groove right now. Definitely uh, can beat this Nebraska team. Yeah, they're a very young team. I'm excited to see where they can go in the next couple of years because I think they'll be right back there uh, where they were a few years ago uh, beating Ohio State uh, in, on, in terms of that level of play. Uh, you look at some other games, Notre Dame-Syracuse. Notre Dame already in the ACC championship game. The ACC kind of adjusted their schedule a little bit. They're already in. Uh, that's big for Notre Dame. Clemson is pretty much in. I mean, they're not going to stub their toe the rest of the way, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, Notre Dame already into the ACC championship game. That's big for, for the Irish. They got to beat Clemson to get in, I think, at this point. I don't know. I think I think a close loss against Clemson still gets you in. If you're yeah. if you're teetering on that third or fourth spot, maybe, but a second a second spot, your only losses against a Clemson team, which you already beat. I, I don't know how the committee just doesn't let them in, at least at the third or fourth spot. Yeah, if they play Clemson close, I do think they get in. A win would definitely get them in and probably leave Clemson out, honestly. Um, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know how the committee would handle a two-loss Clemson team who basically returns a lot of people from from last year. Um, you know, ultimately it was LSU's year. But I, I don't know how they would handle that two-loss team. Uh, you look at some uh, group of five teams, BYU, uh, the 13th-ranked team, taking on number 18, Coastal Carolina. So uh, Coastal Carolina's game got canceled. BYU called them up, said, hey, we're, we were done playing for the year. Like, we played our last game last week. We'll come out and play you guys um, and do a little top 20 matchup. They said, sounds great. So BYU out at Coastal Carolina this weekend. I think this is one of the big – uh, matchups college game day will be there on Saturday I think it's one of the b- bigger matchups of the weekend for sure yeah I don't think any of these teams really have a shot uh at unfortunately at the college football playoff whether it's fair or not I mean yeah BYU no no games left I mean Coastal Carolina is they they're both solid teams I think this is basically the group of five championship basically to see who who's the best out of the group of five. I respect it. I, I'm excited to see the matchup. I'm excited to see who wins. But, yeah, I think I think the committee has done a little disservice to BYU and Coastal Carolina this year with the success they've had. But, hey, uh, this is, this is going to be a great game to watch. I think it will be. BYU has looked fantastic this season. Yeah, their uh, level of uh, competition has not been there, but they've handled each opponent and smoked them. Uh, I, think, I think they beat Coastal Carolina – by a couple of touchdowns here. Um, maybe it'll be closer, but honestly, I think if BYU is just that much better, Coastal Carolina is pretty young, I think. So uh, that that game, though, BYU, you know, they were done playing for the season. That opening with Coastal Carolina came up. You know, they could be thinking, well, you know, if we could beat Coastal Carolina, that helps out our strength of schedule. And the way the committee looks at us now will be a little bit different. Um so BYU here for these next few weeks could just bounce around and play teams that games got canceled, um, you know, if that conference allows it. You know, say Cincinnati gets a game, gets, gets canceled next week or something. Um, BYU could step in and say, let's play. And I think it's a great move by BYU. 
especially, you know, if they want college football playoff uh, aspirations. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if they were to play Cincinnati, that would definitely help their chances. But with Coastal Carolina being their last official game, I don't even think they they would maybe move up into like top 10 if they would win. But I don't think that without a conference championship and any more games scheduled at this point, I, I don't see a way for BYU or Coastal Carolina to get in. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them uh, this uh, to, to get into the college football playoff just because we've seen how the committee handles group of five teams in the past, and quite frankly, quite frankly they've been right uh, on that. So I don't think we're begging for a group of five team to get in. But, hey, uh, hey, hey, it, hey. It would hey, be hey. cool. It would be cool to see. It would be. I'm riding for but, Cincinnati all the way. I, I know you're a big uh, Cincinnati uh, fan this year, Sam, but – I just don't think a committee would, would put in, especially with the talent that we've seen this year in college football, Alabama, Florida, Clemson, Notre Dame, IU, Ohio State. I think there's just too many there to pick from because uh, let's be honest, if IU was to play a Cincinnati, Ohio State was to play Cincinnati, I don't think it would be that close. But again, we haven't seen a group of five in the college football playoff before. Like they, they disrespected. Uh, I, I, I agree not putting um, UCF in, but still that UCF had had a um, had an argument to be in a couple of years ago. You have Cincinnati playing Tulsa in back to back weeks. Tulsa now a top twenty five team this week, and then if they and then uh, in the conference championship game. So I don't know how you can deny a ten a ten win. Cincinnati team with the conference championship game over Ohio State who would be playing like if if they were to get canceled next week a five win Ohio State team yeah but let's be honest Sam Ohio State in the college football playoff is more you know it's easier to to market it's easier to you know there's more of a fan base that would follow that in terms of, you know, name recognition and whatnot but but college football I, I get what you're saying and that's probably what they'll do but the the system isn't about all about marketability. It should be about who deserves to be in. And at the end of the day, I think a Cincinnati team has the right to, when they haven't had any game canceled as far as I know, they've played all the games that they've had to. They've dominated everybody they had to. I mean, I think, I think Cincinnati d- deserves wholeheartedly f- against a five-win Ohio State team. That's just, yeah. We'll see. That's where that's where these Power Five schools, like Big Ten, IU, Ohio State, that's where they need to schedule these Group of Five schools in the preseason instead of playing these cakewalk Group of Five teams. Schedule Cincinnati, BYU, and I know in a normal year they would get an opportunity to play a Power Five school, but if you if we really want to make the argument for a Cincinnati for a BYU to get in. Cincinnati in that preseason needs to go play Ohio State, you know, maybe even like a Florida or a Georgia, something that can give you, uh, rep, you know, some some uh, resume, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the word is for it, but but some boost to the resume, rather than just than just playing some other group of five teams in the preseason. That would significantly boost. And I know this year is different. Most teams are just playing conference schedules, so that wasn't possible. But um, let, let's, see, uh, let's see a Cincinnati, let's see a BYU play a Power 5 team and even play each other. You know, these, these top-tier group of five, Coastal, Cincinnati, Louisiana, 
uh, Lafayette and, and BYU. Let's go see them play each other, and we, we'd get a better understanding of these group of five teams. But great, you you gotta you gotta understand that is it's not that so it's not that the group of five doesn't want to play the Big Ten. It's that they the Big Ten doesn't want to play the group of five because you have a recipe for success on how to do it by playing these cakewalk non-conference games. And then if you schedule a BYU team and lose, you're out of the college football playoffs. So why wouldn't they just keep doing what they're doing, not play a challenging schedule? and just get in based on what you've been doing for several years, which has proven to work. This is why college football needs a commissioner to uh, oversee that, make some changes. But anyways, I, I think it's going to be a great weekend for college football, Sam. I'm, I'm excited to watch the games on Saturday for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean I'm excited. Coastal Carolina playing BYU, as I said, uh, group of five championship game. We got IU-Wisconsin. A lot, of, a lot of fun games to watch this weekend. I, I'm here for it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Sam, let's, let's switch over to the NFL here. Uh, we've had a, quite a few storylines take place this week. Uh, obviously, Ravens-Steelers playing on a Wednesday afternoon was kind of strange. Steelers get the win there. Uh, 49ers, now they're going to play in Arizona where the Cardinals play for the next two weeks due to Santa Clara suspending all contact sports, Sam. Uh, the 49ers this weekend will host the Buffalo Bills on uh, Monday Night Football Part 2 um, in, in Arizona. Thoughts on, on the 49ers going and, and playing in Arizona? Props to 49ers thinking on their feet, you know, moving when they had to. Uh, but this will be kind of a different situation now for the 49ers to go play in Arizona for the next couple weeks. I mean, it will be a little bit different because obviously you're changing scenarios and I'm not sure how far Santa Clara is from Arizona, probably a few hours or whatnot. But like without fans, I mean, you're basically in the same situation that you're playing. You're in a in a um, a uh, new city without fans. It's it's still a home game and whatnot. It's it's kind of like a neutral side if you want to put it. But I don't think it's going to be that much different from playing in your own home facility because – I, I believe in California with all the restrictions you've had, you haven't been allowed to have fans in. So I don't think it will be that much different from the 49ers playing in um, Santa Clara. And the fact that 49ers play Arizona, what, twice a year. So they're already used to the Cardinals uh, – or they play at Cardinals once they play Cardinals twice a year. So I, I think they should be used to playing in uh, Arizona. Is – 10 hours and 45 minutes from the two stadiums. That's how far they are apart, Sam. So a little more than a couple hours, but you were close. Okay. Sorry, we'll work on your geography. Um, no, but the, that's interesting, though. So the 49ers play the Bills. The Bills going back to State Farm Stadium where the famous Hale Murray happened a few weeks ago and they lost the game there at the last second. I mean, yeah, and also I think the 49ers uh, won't have Jimmy G available unless I'm wrong on that. I don't think he's playing on playing. So 49ers playing at a disadvantage. Uh, I, I don't really know who has a clear edge. Uh, maybe the Bills do because they have Josh Allen and all their weapons. But, I mean, it's still a home game, still for the 49ers. 49ers still have a decent team out there. It's definitely going to be a close, fun game to watch. Yeah, I, th I just think that uh... – you know, the whole they, – they had to move so they could play. I think that's ridiculous. I think they should have had, you know, the 
Santa Clara Health Department, if they wanted to, to do this, they should have came to the 49ers, and they could have worked something out to where they could still play. I mean, we've seen how strict the NFL's protocols are. Hell, the uh, players all wear wristbands for contact tracing, it, and it tells them how close they were to a certain person for how long, and then if a player tests positive, they have you know the exact information on who to contact trace. So I think it's kind of ridiculous that the 49ers couldn't still play at home. And, uh, you know, like Kyle Shanahan was saying last week in a news conference, he was like, we kind of learned this information on the plane ride home from L.A. He was like, we didn't really we, – we, we didn't have anything to tell the players. The players were wondering, are they going to have to be away from their families for a, a while? What, they didn't really know what was going on. So I felt it, it was kind of – uh, it was kind of rude of the Santa Clara Health Department to just come on to, and come on to the stage and say, "Nope, you're done playing," without even consulting the NFL or the 49ers first. Yeah, I, I will say that it's it's a little bit of a uh, shitty move for the Santa Clara uh, Health Department to do that. But at the same time, as we've seen in Denver, not everybody wears those contact tracing um, bracelets. That's why every single quarterback was ruled out. So at the same time. I, I get what they were doing, just shutting down for two weeks to get this under the control. But at the same time, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it was just a shitty move. They they should have at least given them notice to figure out what, what in the heck they're doing. But at least the 49ers ended up figuring um, it out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's look around some games uh, this week, Sam, looking at the schedule. Colts at Texans, we'll start there. Uh, Colt, it's a must win for Indianapolis. If they don't win this, they're essentially out of the division race and they can pull for some, for some wild card hope, uh, thanks to the Las Vegas Raiders kind of, um, having a hiccup the past few weeks. The Colts got to win this game in Texas against Houston. They've been dominating against Houston, uh, the past couple of seasons. They, they got to win this game, uh, down in, in Houston this weekend. No doubt Texans without Will Fuller due to being suspended for uh, the uh, testing positive. Uh, I forget for – I don't know if they released which substance it was, but he's going to be out. But although the Texans under Romeo Cornell have looked a lot stronger, I will give them that. Again, as you mentioned, they're playing for the division race. If they don't win this, they're essentially out of it with the with the Titans having a, a strong 3-1 and one record. Colts at a um, – at a one and two record, so this is a must-win game. Otherwise, they'll just basically be playing for the the wild card spot. Yeah, uh, and Will Fuller testing positive, not for the Rona, but for steroids. So, not, something that we haven't really heard that much this season is someone testing positive for something other than the Rona. Uh, but yeah, this is an important schedule streak uh, in the schedule for the Colts. Uh, you go at Houston, at Vegas home for the Texans at Steelers. So very important stretch all against AFC opponents. Um, it, it's going to be uh, very important for the Colts to, you know, beat the Texans twice and, and get a win over the Raiders or the Steelers if you want pl- uh, wild card implications to stay alive uh, in the AFC. No doubt. And when in, in that loss against the Ravens becomes even wor- looks even worse considering the fact that the Ravens are now six and five. So if they were to have the same record at the end of the season, the Ravens would move ahead. The, the Colts are already at the seventh spot. The the Dolphins 
Um, apparently have the tiebreaker over base best win percentage in conference games. So, yeah, you, you need every win at this point uh, to get an edge over the rest of your opponents. I know the Raiders, I think, will be without Josh Jacobs or is looking to be the case, so that will hurt them long term. The Ravens haven't looked the best, but, yeah, every win's a must win for the Colts this season. And, yeah, they're just going to have to prove it against the Texans. Yeah, they're going to have to, and, and depending on what happens with the Raiders, I mean, the game at in, in Vegas will essentially possibly decide the that seventh wild card spot. Will it be Indy or will it be Vegas? Yes, Indy could move up to six, or they could potentially win the division based on what happens with the Titans. They got a big game against the Browns this weekend, but currently, as it stands right now, Vegas owns the tiebreaker over Indianapolis. Uh, with a four and three conference record compared to the Colts three and four conference record. Colts have a better overall record. That's why they're in the playoffs currently. Uh, Miami, like you just mentioned, they win the tiebreaker over Indianapolis based on conference win uh, percentage. Um, and then the Titans, uh, they are third in the division, uh, currently holding on to that third spot, winning the tiebreaker over Buffalo based on head to head win percentage. Buffalo at eight and three, they are out, like we just mentioned, to play the 49ers this weekend. It's going to be an interesting playoff scenario. I mean, then you have the, the Ravens there at six and five. The Patriots at five and six aren't out of it. They travel to the Chargers this weekend for a big matchup with Justin Herbert. It's, it's again, it's another must win for the Patriots because if they lose this one, they're essentially going to be knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, they are. And, and as we've seen, the Chargers like to keep games close no matter what the record said. It was like the Bengals with uh, Joe Burrow. Chargers hang tough with everybody. It's not going to be easy. I think Cam Newton came out this week and said he's yet to play his best ball of the season. So we'll see what um, see if that means anything. Like we saw, I think, a couple weeks ago, he's like, our record doesn't prove how good we are. And then they kind of just laid the bed the week after. So and whether it's all talk or not, the Patriots definitely have to prove themselves five and six. They're still trying to um, overcome that kind of uh, should we should, is Tom Brady uh, better than Bill Belichick kind of thing comparison that goes every week. Buccaneers sitting at seven five. So yeah, every every win matters for the Patriots if you even want a glimpse at the playoffs this season. It's a big game, um, and we know how Bill handles big games. I think Cam Newton's. Uh, locked in, and I think this is going to be uh, a win for, for New England this weekend. We look at, at uh, Browns-Titans. It's, it's pretty much a, the, the game of the week. Um, the Browns at 8-3, and three, the Titans at 8-3, and three, uh, AFC uh, standings, uh, implications on the line. I think that uh, this game is going to be big for both teams, especially for the Browns, who have kind of been deemed as – you know, the worst 8-3 and three team in the league, they have losses to the Raiders, the Ravens, and the uh, Steelers. So not bad losses, um, but they've been deemed the worst 8-3 and three team in the league. They've played a lot of close games this season. I think that gives them an advantage here with, with the Tennessee Titans coming up on, uh, on Sunday. The Titans again at 8-3 and three as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's I, at the same time the Browns have been dealing with stuff, a lot of injuries. I believe, uh, oh, not to mention Odell, but they've been dealing with, uh, I believe, David and Joku as well has been hurt. So, I mean, the Browns. I, I don't think I was. I, I think I was shocked that they're even at this point sitting at eight and three. No matter if it's a lot closer games, it, it's like the Steelers. They're 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 getting the wins done no matter how much they're winning or who they're beating, 
They're just beating who they have on their schedule. And credit to them, I don't think they should be as confident as they necessarily are each week uh, being at 11-0. But, yeah, credit to them for being 8-3 and at this point. For sure. I think, you know, it's going to be a big uh, running matchup on, on Sunday. Obviously, the Titans with Derrick Henry uh, and the Browns with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. It's going to be a challenge for the Titans defense. You know, the Titans defense really hasn't seen a running attack uh, this strong all season. Not sure how that front front line of uh, Tennessee can handle it. Yeah, but at the same time, as we saw um, with uh, last week, uh, Derrick Henry is willing to run through anybody. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if each of these backs had 200 yards in the and it's going to be a really close game at the end of the day. But yeah. It's going to be the the Titans' uh, defense especially has struggled of late. They haven't really lived up to their expectations. But, yeah, I, I, I expect this to be a really close game. I do, too. Um, that game in Tennessee. Tennessee actually uh, opened as a three-point favorite, now up to a six-point favorite for Tennessee. So some recency bias coming off. Uh, the Titans blowing out the Colts and then the Browns barely beating the Jags. Maybe that plays in factor a little bit though I'm kind of on the Browns here they're get, getting six I, I kind of on the Browns to keep it close if it's going to be you know a high power running game uh, that's going to be the key for the Browns to keep it close against the Titans a couple more games here we'll get to our locks of the week should the Jets should the Raiders be on upset alert again this week at the Jets they Jets haven't won a game the Raiders were you know they were in Atlanta you know in a West Coast team coming from the East Coast team hardly ever seems to work out they're back to the East Coast this week in New York. Should the Raiders be on upset alert? I I personally don't think so. The Jets have been showing, even when they had a lead against the Patriots on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, that they're willing to tank at any cost show, Flacco throwing that, just like questioning pick, which just reaffirms the fact that they're taking at this point. I don't think the Raiders, even with Devontae Booker, if he ends up starting, if Josh Jacobs is eventually ruled out, that they should be even worried. It's the Jets at the end of the day. If you can't beat the Jets, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs at all, no matter whether it's at in the East Coast or the West Coast. They should, they should be able to get it done. We've, we've talked about it before, but the Jets will mess this up, right? At some point, and this seems like a weekend that they could – a team that's trying to lose all of their games eventually wins one at one point. We saw that with Miami. You know, they ended up winning four last year. I think I think the Jets got a chance. You, you mentioned they, they keep, they've kept a couple of games close, but I, I wouldn't shy away from, from the Jets here this weekend. I think they could get it done somehow. But didn't you say you were potentially going to do uh, it as your lock of the week? Potentially. Not now, Sam. I'm not that confident. Sam, we're tied. It's 13-11 our locks for the week. I can't afford to take that big of a risk, you know? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm taking, just some, risk. I'm taking some risks this weekend in our locks, but we can't afford to take that big of a risk, can we? Okay. But, yeah, like you said, they kept games close. I think if they were to get a win, they would have gotten it either against the Patriots or Chargers. I, I think Derek Carr, even with his just, like, awful, awful performance against the Falcons last week. He he can handle the Jets' defense, no problem. Whether it's Devontae Booker or Josh Jacobs, they can handle in the in the defense of the Raiders, even though it's not excellent, I think should do a good enough job to keep the Jets' offense under wraps. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see, though. I, I think it's going to be a close game, but 
I think the Raiders do end up winning, but be, just because they, they need it, they have to win. I mean, if, if they lose and go to six and six, you're essentially out of the playoffs at that point, especially if the Patriots win and the, and the Ravens win too. Uh, Ravens play on Tuesday against the Cowboys. Sam, let's get to our locks of the week. Um, we're both 13 and 11 on the season. Uh, last week, we both went one and one. Sam, uh, who are you taking this weekend in your locks? Um, I'm actually going to the Colts game. I'm going Colts minus three and a half at, at Texans. It was recently announced that DeForest Buckner was off the COVID list. Texans without Will Fuller, meaning either Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb will be your number one guy. I think Colts really need this one. As we mentioned, it's a must win for the Colts. I think they should be able to get it done in, um, in a timely fashion considering we're getting uh, uh, Ryan Kelly back. We're getting uh, Autry back. We're getting a bunch of people back this week that we didn't have versus the Titans. I think we should be able to handle business. Yeah, I think so for sure. It's a must win. Uh, I looked at that game. I almost put it down as a lock of the week, but that three and a half, I think was just a little too much points for me to lay uh, with the Colts this week. Uh, And they could go in and steamroll them. You never know um, coming up uh, this weekend, but I think it's going to be close. I'll give you one of my locks and we'll go back to you for your second one. I've taken the under 40, uh, 53 and a half Browns at Titans. I think this is, I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be, a run heavy game, Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, and uh, each team's not going to have that um, that many possessions. I think uh, it's going to be a drain the clock situation, maybe like a twenty one, uh, you know, fourteen game or something along those lines. I think the under hits here forty three and a half or fifty three and a half. I don't know why I keep saying forty three and a half. Fifty three and a half Browns at Titans. Sam, I'm not a known under better. My I live you know, kind of by a motto that says life's too short to bet the under. But, you know, I, I'm i taking the under this week. I think 53 and a half, a lot of points. I was surprised by that. You don't normally see an over-under of over like 51 and a half in the NFL. But saw it, I'll take it while I can get it under 53 and a half Browns at Titans. Yeah, but it should be a good bet. But at the same time, we saw the Titans put up 21 in the first half. So it could be the same situation where the run game is just too good that the defenses can't stop them and they're just constantly scoring. But at the same time, I think that's a relatively smart bet. You mentioned it, Ryan game, probably going to drain a lot of clock. I I think 53 and a half should be able to hit this week. Yeah, and and the Browns get Miles Garrett back too, so um, that'll be it. That was a big reason, you know, uh, that I think this game's going to be close because the Browns can you contain Derrick Henry? You can't stop him, but can you contain him? Is going to be the key. Yeah, I I think that's the key for any team playing the Titans because uh, once they get the run established with Derrick Henry, they obviously like to do a lot of play action. As I had a witness, uh, just constantly completions to AJ Brown and um, Johnny Smith last week. For sure, Sam, your second lock of the week. Uh, for our lock it down segment. Yeah, I went with Jaguars plus ten and a half at Vikings. I think it was it was a couple weeks ago. I did Vikings minus seven at the Cowboys. They couldn't even cover that. I think they even lost that game against the Cowboys. Mike Glenn last week shown his ability to at least uh, be a significantly better quarterback than Jake Ludden ever was. I think with James Robinson, if you don't know, I'm a big James Robinson supporter. I think he's one of the best. He's top three in rushing, even though he's a rookie. He's done a phenomenal job. I think the offense can keep up with the Vikings, who are getting Adam Thielen back. But I still like the Jaguars to cover plus 10.5. Yeah, the Vikings like to play close games. So do the Jaguars. You look at their last four, 
They have been uh, last four with the exceptions of the Steelers' blowout uh, loss. Their last three of their last four have been decided by four points or fewer. So I think that's a pretty safe bet there uh, with the Vikings. You look on the Vikings side, they also keep games close. 28-27 win over the Panthers, 31-28 loss to the Cowboys, 19-13 loss to the Bears, 34-20 win over the Lions. Okay, that's the Lions. But Packers, 28-22. So the Vikings like to keep games close. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, no doubt. For my second lock of the week, Sam, I'm going with the Bills plus one in Arizona against the 49ers. It's a must-win situation for the Bills if they were, you know, they're fighting for standings at this point. Yeah, the 49ers uh, beat the Rams last week, but you know what? Quite honestly, uh, I don't think the 49ers are that good. Um, they, they showed out against the Rams, but it was a divisional game. I think the Bills going out to Arizona. Uh, they're looking for revenge in State Farm Stadium. Give me the Bills uh, to to not only not only the plus one, but give me them to win outright. Um, I'm taking the Bills plus one as my lock, but I think they win it outright. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a relatively safe bet. 49ers don't have, won't probably have Jimmy G this weekend. I mean, the Bills are still playing for that division lead. They're only a game above the Dolphins for the number one spot in the ASE. So if they want to keep that division, um, if they want to get the division in the AFC East, they got to keep winning games because the Dolphins have just shocked everybody. They got to win this game, even if it's at, at 49ers in Arizona. I, I like that bet. It's It should be relatively safe considering the fact that the, the 49ers won't have George Kittle or Jimmy G. For sure. Sam, you got anything else before we close out the podcast here on this lovely Friday morning? Um, not really. Uh, Ball State basketball disappointed me with their performance against Michigan, but hey, it's Michigan at the end what of the day. What expect, Sam? Yeah, but I just wanted them to keep competitive. They did get it within seven or five before halftime or whatever the case was, but I just wanted a better performance out of them. It just, it just wasn't our night. Although Zach Gunn did end up on the top 10 Sports Center highlight plays, so shout out to him for his block. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Ball State basketball. I think they're going to be okay, as you said. They're going to get better as the season goes on. They've got a few new players in there. I think it's going to be a late late season kind of steady in increase. Once you get to conference play, I think they're going to be in good shape. I hope after that Northern Kentucky game, other than K.J. Walton, it's not, it's not looking like we have a lot of scores out there at this point. So hopefully we can figure it out. Uh, I, do you know who we play next by chance? I don't have it in front of we me. We go um, – I believe it's a conference game. I think maybe Ohio. Um, I, think it's, I think it might be I – think, I think Oh, it it's is a UIC. Con- it's UIC okay, tomorrow yeah, that's too. Right. Yeah, I knew that. UIC on uh, next week – next uh, on Saturday. Yep. UIC on Saturday, Illinois State uh, the following Saturday, Indiana State the following Saturday, and then we get in a conference play towards the end of December. So it's going to be fun to watch this week, Sam, especially the football, Ball State football at Central Michigan this week. And if they want to make it to Detroit, you basically got to win that game for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. And then and then we got a big if we win that, we got a big game against Western Michigan to decide it. I know I'm I'm super excited for that. I'll probably if they win this game, as I mentioned to you off air, I'll probably head to the Western Michigan game. So hopefully we can get it done against a Central Michigan team that has a backup quarterback starting. Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be fun to watch. I think the way they performed last week, you know, against Toledo, getting it done, I think, you know, provides us some some hope in, in Ball State football. Guaranteed a 500 record or better, so we'll take it. Yeah, I don't have to print my Fire Mike new T-shirts. I'm pretty happy about that. Perfect. We don't have to. We don't have to to start our uh, straight up sports talk merch department just yet, Sam. Maybe just next year. Yet. Maybe next. I know year. you we'll, really. We'll I know you really wanted to print on this this year. I I did. I kind of did, but at the same time, I'm glad if we if we get a conference championship bid, I'll I'll lay off the Mike New talk. There we go. All right, Sam. Uh, thanks for coming on. As always, we'll talk to you on Monday to wrap up uh, last week in the NFL. Sounds good. That's been Sam Thelman. I'm Grant Covey. Don't forget, straight up sports talk on Twitter. It's where you find our latest episodes. Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get yours. Find all the latest episodes and all the archived episodes there uh, so you can listen back to them at your listening pleasure. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you on Monday.